Good morning, Kingston family. I'm Cesar Perez, pastor for International People Groups. What an amazing opportunity to come together as the people of God, all generations, and praise the name of the Lord. We welcome you to this place, and we also welcome our friends and brothers and sisters that are watching our service in this morning. What a joy to celebrate the name of the Lord. This morning, we're starting a new series in our preaching time, but we already started in our community groups. For this moment, we're going to focus on chapter one in the book of Joshua. We're trying to discover the marks of leadership, but this morning, I want to go a little bit further with that concept, and I would like to invite you to consider what the Lord is telling to our hearts today. As you know, three weeks ago, Pastor Omar, Pastor for our missions, uh, we decided to go to Poland and from there to uh, go to Ukraine. So the idea was just to support our people on the ground so we can run some supplies for babies and essentially for the refugees that are fleeing the brutal bombing and the cruel and nonsensical war that is imposing to them. We met with our partners, we have conversations, they help us to unload the cargo. We have the opportunity to share, to hear from them what the Lord was doing in the middle of the war. Surprising enough for us is that we ran into a small church of around 90-something adults members. They were serving and ministering around 700 refugees three weeks ago. At this point, maybe even more. They served the orphans, they served the widows, they served the elders, they opened their homes. We have the chance and the opportunity to go into a house where 31 people were staying in just one building. Mattresses were everywhere, but they were so joyful to serve them, those people that were in real need. As I talked to them in the conversation, something transpired from him, and it was the profound conviction of the Ukrainian church that they were called by the Lord to serve others during this time. Even some of them probably will be unknown. These are just ordinary people doing, by the grace of God, extraordinary work. And I want to talk about that because they exemplify to me in real life what following is all about. Following requires more than a mental assent. It requires and it calls for movement. We often talk about leadership, about leadership development, and in our culture, in our church, we insist about leadership, but sometimes it becomes so vital that we have the impression that if you're not a leader, then your life makes no sense. We know that leadership is an essential element, but being an extraordinary follower is even more important. Some of us can be leaders, but all of us can be followers. 
I don't want to camp in that idea because this is becoming something that even those in Hyde Academy are trying to go deeper. I run into this, the, some of the articles of Barbara Kellerman. She's a lecturer in the public leadership at Harvard, and she's one of the leading voices about followership. And she defines a good follower by saying, good followers... Invest time and energy in making informed judgments about their leaders and what they espouse, then they take the appropriate action. You might think it is strange to begin a series about leadership by speaking about followership, but I believe that every leader has always been a greater follower. As Ms. Kellerman used to say, Dr. Kellerman says that it's long overdue for academics and even practitioners to adopt a more expansive view of leadership. One that sees leaders and followers as inseparable, indivisible, impossible to conceive the one without the other. So we start our series reflecting about leadership, but it's important, again, emphasize that we need to understand what it takes to be an extraordinary follower. In the book of Joshua, we understand how God equipped this man to be a great follower so he could be ready to be an extraordinary leader. Joshua is introduced in the, book, in, the, in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 17. Joshua is presented there and he is just serving Moses. So let me give you a little bit of context. Moses introduces Joshua to the readers and he's one of Moses' lieutenants. Joshua is there following his uh, leader, and then he is asked from him, from Moses, do you have to fight Amalek and save the people of Israel? Joshua did that. He took his sword. He defeated Amalek. And then Moses, as a remembrance of that, built an altar, and he said, proclaiming this victory, the Lord is my banner. Later on in the scripture, we see that Joshua is just uh, hanging out with Moses. The Lord invited Moses to come over to the mount. Moses said yes. He is about to receive the stone tablets of the laws and commandments of the Lord. He's getting ready to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the Lord, and he will write those instructions for the people of Israel. Moses arose, Moses went up to the mountain with Joshua, but Joshua, look at this, he is always following and witnessing when the cloud is covering Mount Sinai, and then he is listening all what is happening up there because he realized that God is speaking to Moses on the mountaintop. Even there, down there in the hill, he is praising and worshiping the Lord. 
If we go a little bit further, we will find in Exodus chapter 33, uh, there is a recount in which God spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friends, giving him the promise of the land set apart for Israel. In, in there, in the tent of meeting, he's speaking to the Lord, but outside of the tent, Joshua, a young man, Moses' assistant, is still praising and worshiping the name of the Lord. Forty years later, we are right here in Joshua chapter 1. And we can read what happened 40 years later. It says in verses 1 and 2, After the death of Moses, watch this, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I'm giving the Israelites. There is a lot of information in these two verses, but I want us to focus on this. Moses, the leader of Israel, is dead. If you go to the scripture, the people of God spend 30 days mourning the loss of Moses. I imagine Joshua also grieving because he's losing his friend and his master. Now we are trying to gain some insight in Joshua's life, Moses' assistant, and we see that God is unfolding the promises that he made in the past right now are in full motion, and God is telling Joshua, get ready, we're going to go into the land. See, the book of Joshua is all about conquest and obedience and also about fulfillment of the promises of God. Joshua is taking the mantle of leadership from Moses. It displays an extraordinary picture of how can we be followers of God the same way Joshua was a follower. And this is what we can learn an extraordinary follower is always, always ready. One glimpse that we get about this idea, we could find and I'll go all the way back to Numbers chapter 13 through 14. We have the story of the 12 spies scouting the land of Canaan. And then we see that they come back, the 12 of them reporting to Moses and the people. But just two of them, Joshua and Caleb, report that the land is ready to be conquered. The others were scared about the giants. The others were distracting with the, all, the, the, all the obstacles they had ahead of them. But then Caleb and Joshua just say, we can conquer the land. Come on, let's go. God is with us. Because of their followership of Moses, and because Moses followed God, they were ready to conquer the land that the God of Israel gave him. They believed God's promises, and they got to live out the blessings of the Lord. They told the people, if you want to have a meaningful life, 
If you want to come to a place where you can worship the Lord, you have to follow. Forty years later, in Joshua chapter 1, we find Caleb and Joshua, the only two leading a whole people, a new generation, to enter in the land that God promised. Even if we still going in the context and the background, when Moses commissioned Joshua, he was calling him to be strong. He was calling him to remember that the presence of the Lord will be with him. Moses told Joshua, you fight the Canaanites in the name of the Lord according to the commands. And he was referring to the law, but basically he was referring, be devoted to the Lord the same way I've been devoted to him. And when God is speaking to Joshua, he's telling, you look at me, Joshua, your master Moses is dead. Your time is now. Now it is your turn, Joshua. This is your time. It's important in that to understand that all the promises that were given in the Deuteronomy now is carrying forth into the book of Joshua. That's why some of the academicians and theologians have thought that we need to read Joshua together with the Pentateuch or the Torah. Because all the background for the book of Joshua can be found in those previous books. And what we find very clearly is that the Lord promises success... Not because he's doing what Moses did, but because the Lord, the same way he was with Moses, he will be with Joshua. That's what I call the sufficiency of God's grace to our lives. Because God is with us. We earnestly follow him. We can be strong and courageous, but we need to be strong in faith, in dedication to the Lord, in our convictions, in our commitments, and first of all, in our followership. Now, look with me in verses 11, 12 through 15 in Joshua chapter 1. Look at the response we find in Joshua. Joshua was resolute. He was decisive in acting. It sounds like Joshua is telling his people, we can do this. There must be in our lives a resolution about our faith, a solid determination to follow the Lord every minute, every hour, every day, because an extraordinary follower is always ready, but is also always faithful. Verse 1 says, Moses, the servant of the Lord. We find the same in verse 7. We go all the way to 13 and then all the way down to 15. And it's mentioned time after time. Moses, his meaning was in following the Lord. See, faithfulness can be defined as being steadfast in affection and allegiance. An extraordinary follower is always faithful to the mission, to the vision, and the values of the leader or the organization. They can be counting on because they're always there. They can be trusted to perform anything that is necessary so God 
gets all the glory. Now, go back with me to verses 1 and 2. I won't read it again, but you can follow yourself. It's noted once again that Joshua is Moses' assistant. The Hebrew word for that is someone that is devoted to serve and minister someone. Joshua was a servant of Moses as Moses was a servant of the Lord. Moses was doing everything that was required for him to lead his people. But Joshua, likewise, he was following all the time. He was doing whatever was required to assist Moses, leading and guiding the people of God. One thing I love about Joshua that even before he was asked, or invited to lead the people, he was always ready and he was always faithful. His faithfulness is consistent. He is just once again, step after step, following Moses. There is a passage very interesting in Exodus chapter 17, verse 10, the first part in which he's receiving from Moses some commandments and it says clearly Joshua did as Moses had told him emphasizing with a structure in that sentence that Joshua was always faithful in following even when we read the commissioning of Joshua, it's important to understand that he understood clearly, it was very clear for him that the word is something that he needed to follow, that he needed to follow the Lord who gave that word. So if you want to be ready to serve the Lord, you got to be ready to follow. It was funny the other day that I was, and even in the first service I was mentioning, I grew in a home where 14 people live in the same house, and we have grandma. So when we were growing up, we thought that because we were speaking out a little bit stronger, we have, we've been in charge of the whole thing. So my grandma used to say, in this house I see that many pretentious people want to be chiefs. <laughs> but let me make clear for you young people, I am the chief of this tribe. You will follow what I said. And we say, yes, ma'am, that's what we're going to do. No question about it. <laughs> and I early in my youth, I understood that every person that wants to be used for a purpose, for God's glory, needs to be a good follower. We have to follow. Let's go to uh, number chapter 27, verse 12 through 23. We won't read it. Don't worry. But uh, I want you to see this. Moses is getting ready to see. He knew he won't enter the land. But he's watching and seeing everything that the Lord is promising is about to happen. To unfold right in front of him. He's a little bit worried about the future of his people. Moses is concerned about his people. He said they will be like sheep without a shepherd. And then the Lord says, uh, take Joshua, son of Nun. My spirit is with him. He will lead my people. Full stop right here because I imagine Moses asking God, Joshua, my assistant? But at the same time, as I prayed over this scripture, I see that I try to imagine God saying, Yes, Moses, 
is Joshua. For all these years, Joshua, your assistant, have been preparing his heart to follow. He has been with you side by side. He didn't complain like your siblings, Aaron and Marion. He just obeyed. Joshua has been faithful to you and to my word. He has followed my instructions and your commands. He has proved faithful in the battles. He has been faithful when everybody doubted my promises. He has been faithful as you and I have a conversation one-on-one. Moses, when you lead, Whenever you led the people, Joshua followed. When you were frustrated with the people, Joshua obeyed and prayed and followed. Joshua had been faithful. When you were on the top, he was faithful. Even though he was on the bottom of the mountain, he was faithful. He was worshiping my name. Joshua had been a faithful follower. He has been an ordinary assistant but he's been a faithful and extraordinary follower. Yes, Moses. Moses is Joshua. He is the faithful follower. You know what? If you want to be used by God, you got to be following. And that's all what matters. When God spoke to Moses, he was establishing a precedent for us right now because all the promises in Christ Jesus are yes and amen this applies to us we need to follow to follow God because this man Joshua he shows up repeatedly in big and small ways throughout the whole history of Israel he's consistent he's obedient he's dutiful he's always ready he's been Moses assistant But he is, above all, a faithful follower. Now, one last idea. Joshua shows us that any extraordinary follower, listen to this, is always following. Is always following. And I'm going to pause in here because I'm watching whatever is happening right now. And nowadays, there is a trend. People are continuously following personalities, celebrities, influencers. It seems to me, at least, that people are more interested in being fans than consistent followers. Let me establish some differences so I can make myself clear in what I'm trying to convey. An influencer is someone that inspires the action of others by posting about anything on social media. Influencers are always defined by the question how many and how much. They think how many friends, how many followers, how many likes, how many comments do I get in social media. They ask how much money, how much power I could have as an influencer. That's the way they measure their impact. Now, every influencer will find fans Even in church, we find some fans of Jesus. He's someone that is an admirer. He's very enthusiastic following Jesus. But always is the case that fans confuse their admiration 
for Jesus as their devotion. They mistake their knowledge of Jesus for intimacy with Jesus. Fans assume that their good intentions make up for their apathetic faith. However, a follower of Christ is someone that imitates the Lord. A follower of Jesus is someone who goes where Jesus goes. Following God implies that we come after Jesus with a passionate pursuit. Following Jesus requires a complete and total commitment. Followership is, no, is more than doing and not doing something. Followers is who we are, is part of our identity. Kyle Edelman puts it clear for us when he said, when we understand that our identity is not about being a fan, and instead we embrace who we are as followers, our lives will gain incredible clarity and direction. When we understand that our, we are followers, then we will understand that following is what we do. By the way, isn't it a disciple, a follower? Joshua had led the people to the new land. He's getting ready. God had prepared him. Everybody uh, is trying to tell. Even the people. You can read in verses 15 all the way down to 18. People said, okay, we're going to follow you, but you got to be courageous. But we can miss a point right here. If we want to be courageous, we need to follow. Because Joshua power and encouragement and strength came from the Lord. When we follow the Lord, we dare to face any challenge in life. We are ready to follow. We see that Joshua followed the instructions of the Lord. We have seen that he's been strong and courageous to observe Moses' teaching. God is telling him, continue following. This is what you got to do. You go to verse 8, and then you find that God is speaking to Joshua, and he's saying, Joshua, this is what you have to do. Follow. The instructions, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Observe everything written in it. And the result will be success. Now there is an interesting transition in the biblical pattern that is Joshua followed Moses because Moses followed God. But all the way now God is telling Joshua, Joshua... Moses followed me, and most of all, he followed my instructions and the book of the law that I gave him. This is what I'm expecting from you, because in the scripture is the starting point, is the basis, is the leadership that Joshua needs to fulfill the role he's been called into. He's a great leader, but he is continuing to be an extraordinary follower. And it's right here where we have to think about it. If we want to be consistent in our life as Christians, we have to start being fans of Christ. We need to start being truth and extraordinary followers of Christ. This is a challenge. But we have to come to senses and realize that the meaning of the Christian life is following Christ. 
There's no way around. As we were preparing this week and we are talking with Pastor Eric Colney, he's preaching right now in North Campus. And then we agree as we went down and we prayed and we went to the scripture. We have seen there is a pattern in the scripture. There is a heritage of followership that we can see all over the Bible. We see from Genesis chapter 26 when Abraham is just uh, telling Isaac, you will do this for my people out of you. Your descendants will inherit the promised land. And as a reminder, God tells Isaac, because Abraham listened to me and kept my mandates, my commands, my statutes, and my instructions, you will do the same. Abraham was a great leader. Abraham was the father of nations. But most of all and first of all, he was an extraordinary follower. He listened to the Lord. He listened to the command. He listened to the word of the Lord. And God now in Joshua chapter 1 is telling Joshua, you do the same. The same idea we will find it time after time after time. Even when King David was just asking Solomon to build the sanctuary because he was forbidden by the Lord to build the tabernacle or to build the new temple, he even talked to his son, and we find it in 1 Chronicles 22, verses 12 and 13, that even in that moment, he's giving instruction to Solomon saying, hey, the only way you can succeed is if you carefully consider the word of the Lord that was given to Moses. See, keeping the word of the Lord is the starting point for any great follower. What is especially true for every spiritual leader, it must be true for every believer. Before leading, we need to follow. Friends, I know that we all all have the desire to lead and we aspire even to greater levels of leadership in our workplace, communities, homes. I believe that outstanding leadership always begins with extraordinary followership. While it is a good idea to be a leader, spiritually speaking, before leading, we have to follow. And we follow because the presence and the power of the Lord that is expressing his word is always leading us, is always taking us through is always with us. God promised to him, Joshua, you'll be victorious, but the victory and success is exactly in this, and that you will follow. My presence will be with you through the Holy Spirit, but now you follow. Because really, to be successful, we gotta be great followers. Success in our spiritual lives is knowing and doing the will of God, motivated by His grace, empowered by His Holy Spirit, but obediently following the Lord. See, we find lots of descriptions of our followers of Christ, but every God-fearing person always, always follows the Word of God. All the blessings will revolve around the reception of 
and the proper response to the Word of God. It's not an existential or mystical experience or even a psychological game. It's something different. An extraordinary follower of Christ needs to in somehow, in some way, be a consistent follower and at the same time there should be a consistent link between you us and the word of God. Every follower must possess a passion for the scripture and that passion must be better felt than told and then you will have impact in the people around you. As a great preacher used to say and I love the way he said the word of God must penetrate your mind and heart. Define who you are, who you are as a person. He will dominate and govern your life. We understand the same thing is in the New Testament. Remember the, Jesus' first words to his disciples? Follow me. Around 20 times in the gospel, Jesus is telling, follow me. Christ is not asking to be cool. Christ is not asking. I know it sounds a little bit anachronistic, but Jesus didn't have thousands of Facebook friends or Instagram followers. He wasn't a TikTok famous. He didn't have a YouTube channel. He never tweeted. He didn't make a viral post, but he changed lives after lives by being followers. When people followed Christ, they were changed and transformed. You can find it yourself in Matthew 4, 19. You can see it in the Great Commission. Also, as I was just getting ready this morning, I was looking at myself in the mirror, and then I realized that I have more gray hair. I don't know why, but then I realized that it's been 30 years now since I heard that call, follow me. And I can tell all these years, there is no greater adventure than following Christ. I praise the Lord that at this point in my life, I'm not impressed with personalities or celebrities or influencers. At this point in my life, there is just one person, the same person from the very beginning that had impressed my heart. And that person is Jesus. And sometimes I think about myself and I say, if I have one of those stickers that will identify me the whole, my whole life or the rest of my life, and if I can write there who I am, I'm praying the Lord that my heart is aligned with his in such a way that wherever I go, I can exhibit I'm a follower of Christ. That's the goal for every believer. Because folks, extraordinary followers are always ready, are always faithful. There are always exceptional followers that continuously follow. Follow God, that Moses and Joshua. Be sincere in your following. Because when you do that, you're following well. There is no greater joy than following the Lord.
And I want to finish this morning asking a question right to your heart. And I want to be, I want you to be honest. Not with me, but with the Lord. Maybe you can put your Christian face and I can say, oh, so cute. But uh, it's not about how you look. It's about God looking into your heart. Question, are you a follower? Or you consider yourself following Christ because he's trending are you a follower? Even though you realize I'm not following Christ that way, I'm not pursuing with such a passion, but, I, but I, you can start today. Today is the day. Are you willing to follow? Are you willing to risk it all for Christ? Are you willing to be an extraordinary follower? Even if you're visiting today and maybe you're sitting right there and you say, how can I be a follower of Christ? How can I see what this preacher is telling us in my own life? Oh, there is only one way. And the way of Jesus, he said, whosoever believed in me, he will inherit, he will receive eternal life. And once we believe who he is and the work he's done on the cross, then... We follow him every single day. We don't have to have our lives all together. But we need to be willing to follow. Are you willing to follow Christ? Let's pray. Father, there is no greater joy. There is nothing more meaningful than following you. And yes, Lord, sometimes we stumble and we fall, but uh, the desire of our hearts, with the help of your Holy Spirit, should be just to follow you. Could you help us, Lord? Could you help us to be extraordinary followers? Can you make followership the goal of our lives? We pray all of this in Jesus' name.